The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. It's me, John Burke, here with Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this week, our focus of the episode is we're going to be reviewing um, the film L.A. Confidential. Um, before we do that, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching recently and looking at what's coming out on home video, because there's a couple of big ones coming out on home video this week, and um, what's coming out to theaters this uh coming week which will be january 19th 2018 I, I know right it's already the month is flying by um so Corey, how you been you know to the state i live in is on, on crack today was like almost a spring day the neighborhood kids were out going wild i loved it sunshine was peeking through huh. yeah except i'm getting sick oh no sick is bad all the time. I swear it's the flu shots. I don't get flu shots, so. I have to. Oh, you have to? Because of work? Yeah. Yep. Oh, all right, all right. That's Otherwise, nice. I wouldn't get them. Yeah. How are you doing? I am fine. Um, you know, I've been uh, watching a movie a day still. I have not missed a day yet. Although. Oh, yeah. I'm in jeopardy of tonight, possibly. I don't know for sure. I've not watched one yet. Um, I am considering going to the theater when we're done recording and oh. seeing Paddington 2 or <gasps> Commuter. I want to see. I need to see the first one. Oh, you do. It's really good. Um, but my my daughter just went to her friend's house kind of unexpectedly. And so I don't know if, if my wife is going to want to go do something or and I don't want to leave her like completely alone. So. Um, if she doesn't want to go to the movie, but she wants to go do something, then I'm not going to fit a movie in, and that's going to break my little streak I have going and make me sad. Um, but if she just wants to stay home and chill, then I can fit a movie in. You know what I mean? So it just depends. Um, mm -hmm. But my daughter and I went to uh, dinner earlier, and then we ended up um, grocery shopping at Aldi. Oh. Have you ever? Do you have Aldi up there? Is that like? I'm not sure how far of a chain it, it is. Mm -mm. I, I know a little about them. It's like a hipster save a lot is how I would call it because it's it's like fairly affordable, generally non name brand, although they do have some name brand stuff. But a lot of it's like, you know, like farmer something or other. It's it's more like organic gear. That makes me think of Trader Joe's. It might be like that. I don't I don't I know of Trader Joe's, but we don't have that oh. close. Um, I don't think there's one in Polk County, at least. And um we don't have Whole Foods, which I hear is expensive, but organic. It is, but it's so delicious. What makes it – is it because it's organic that it's delicious? Because that doesn't register I, to me. I feel like that might be some of it, but they seriously – so I I do buy organic produce, so I'm that idiot. But um, well, I don't think it's an idiot, but it is expensive. Um, It can be. It's just Bill and I, so, yeah, you know, it's – it's okay. Um, and we eat a lot of fruit and vegetables and stuff. Um, but so like everywhere else that I've bought produce, like don't, I can't buy produce at Walmart. I can't do it. 
um, it just goes bad so fast. And like I said, it's just Bill and I, so like, Oh, you just bought these apples and two days later they're rotten. Um, but even if you like Google image, whole foods produce departments, they have the most beautiful produce ever. It's just, I don't know. I like go in there and I, I want to buy it and it, then it's just delicious too. Well, that's, and it stays good for a while. We bought a bunch of produce at uh, Aldi and whatnot. They, they're like save a lot too because they don't have bags. Like you can buy bags or you can, you know, use cardboard oh. or bring your own bags, that kind of thing. But, and that's super interesting. Their cashiers sit down and I understand they get paid like pretty good for uh, a job mm-hmm. that they sit in one place for most of their shift. Um, but yeah, it was uh, unexpected. But like I've heard good things, and I, I got quite a bit of stuff for a good price. I was, you know, pretty happy doing that. And I am uh, attempting to eat less processed food. Um, that's my uh, my major shift in my diet is uh, looking for more fruits, vegetables, and and meats uh, that are not you know pre made or pre processed. Avoiding the middle section of most grocery stores. Although for this grocery store there isn't really a middle section, and there is some processed stuff, but even a lot of the processed stuff says it's organic. I don't know if that's still bad or not. I didn't buy much of that, so. It usually doesn't have as much crap in it. Like you don't have to worry about high fructose corn syrup mm. and um, a lot of like the um, dyes and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this, but if you can find them, this is my favorite fruit: anju or danju pears. Okay, see, I was trying to find out what pear to buy because I I didn't realize I there were so many types of pears until I started I know. eating healthy. Those are the only ones that I like because like. Um, are they Bartlett pears? They're like that great, gritty, sandy texture, and I hate that so bad. But Danchu pears? Mm. And if I'm saying that incorrectly, listeners, please email contact at contact.com. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's, it took a little while, but you got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what have you have you watched any movies other than LA Confidential since the last we spoke? Yes, and I just want everyone to know that I'm attempting to get a little more organized in my life. We'll see how long this lasts, but I made a list just so I wouldn't forget. I watched The Beguiled. Okay, okay. Did you like that? And I did. Um, uh, one that I don't need to buy or probably watch again, you know, I felt good yeah. watching it that one time, but I did enjoy it. I'm kind of interested to see the original. Yeah, I was too. I never made it to the original. Like, I, and now I've kind of lost interest. I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. Um, um, and I saw last night. Um, I feel like I'm part of two movie clubs because now, um, on Thursdays, I've been going with a friend to see a movie. Oh. And last night we went to see Darkest Hour. Ah, I really like that movie a lot. So good. Yeah. So good. I the part when he's on the the subway. Uh, I love that. I, I brought me to tears. I was so moved by the the idea of our uh, politician interacting with the public um, in a positive manner. Um, and I feel like it's – I feel like high school and middle school history is sanitized, and I only got to take one history class in, court, in uh, college. And I feel like you're only, they only pick and choose what they teach you, and I feel like it's the same thing all through school. And – I feel. I mean, we already know what happens because yeah. it's yeah, it's you history. know it's history. history. But still, don't but spoil like, how they present things. I guess. And but also though, to still be that like into it, even though you know what's going to happen, you know what I uh-huh. mean. Um, 
But I thought it was pretty funny. Mark Rylance was in this movie, right? What? That's Mark Rylance, I think. Who's Mark Rylance? I, um, I swear in Darkest Hour, he was... I can't, I'm so bad with names, um, but he was the guy that was like opposing him and saying he was going to resign. I don't think so. No, that's not Mark <laughs> I swear that looks like Mark it might, it, it might look like him, but it's definitely not. I know no, that's, about. Jesus, he looks like him so much. Ah, well, there you go. Mark the movie, But like. anyways, I was going to be like, that guy, I was like, if I thought that was him, and then he was also in Dunkirk, and they're yeah. talking about Dunkirk. In well, this movie? I want somebody out there to do a supercut when this movie comes out on home video where it's yeah. it's darkest hour and then when we start hearing about Dunkirk we start intercutting or cross cutting between Dunkirk and this movie and it would be really awesome. Um I think it would be phenomenal. And yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised with Darkest Hour. I saw that last Saturday, so technically after we recorded uh Movie Club, although I think I talked about it on top five. Um and is that it? Just those two and then LA Confidential? Yeah, I feel like that's pretty good for me. It is no, and I, I, I mean, <laughs> I talked about Darkest Hour and Columbus briefly on um, Top Five. Although I hadn't finished Columbus when we recorded Top Five last week, um, I did finish it afterwards. And I got to tell you, if you have access to Hulu, or if you can get Hulu, or if you have a free trial pending, and this is to listeners and Corey, um, Columbus is definitely not a movie everyone's going to love because it is very quiet. It's very introspective, and um, the cinematography is. Uh, different but gorgeous it is a absolutely gorgeous movie but it it it's been haunting me um i was so like unexpectedly moved by the film and just it had me thinking about it and thinking about the composition of his shots and it, it's just really really great i really can't uh can't praise it enough i don't think um Oh, geez, I didn't know all these people were in it. There's not that many people, really. There's only three main actors, Haley Lou Richardson, um, John but Chow. Parker Posey? And Parker Posey plays like, John okay. Chow's father's wife, I think, is what she's supposed to be. Um, okay. And uh, it's it's just a really interesting movie. It's a very small movie, heavily about the architecture of Columbus, Indiana. Um, and the cinematography really showcases the architecture a lot. Um <laughs> first-time filmmaker he's directs edits and writes the film uh, coconata it's one word um it is like a uh pseudonym um he uses it to do film essays too so he's like more of a film theorist and this is his first attempt of making a film uh, other than i think he did a couple of well he does uh the film essays so like they're all visual essays um but i really enjoyed that movie and it is available on hulu right now if you have a uh, regular hulu um, I watched Safety Not Guaranteed, the Colin Trevorrow film with um, uh, Mark Duplass and Aubrey Plaza, um, Jake Johnson, and oh, I forgot the other dude's name, but he was also really good. Um, but I, I have been meaning to watch that for a while. I think I bought it last year, and I just never got to it, and I really enjoyed that a lot. I watched a movie with your boy John Hamm called Marjorie Prime, which is currently just... available on Amazon Prime. Have you heard of that? <sighs> No, but I do love John Hamm. Um, it's really good. It also stars Gina Davis and Tim Robbins. And um, the nun from Lady Bird is in it. I can't think of her name right now. I think Lois. That uh, woman was hilarious. She was. And she's not hilarious in this movie because this movie is very, very interesting. Um, it's definitely one. It deals with like memory and what memories constitute. 
Um, very, very well made. Uh, it's it's based on a play too, which I actually would really like to see this as a play. Um, but it's it's a very interesting movie. Very good performances. Um, and then I got to see last night The Post. Um, also based on a true story, it's new Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and uh, Meryl Streep, along with a bunch of other people. Uh, Tracy Letts is, it is just in tense? it. Is it just what? Was it just tense? Um, no, it's not just tense. Uh, it's definitely no. it, there. There's definitely suspense and, and intensity. But uh, Hanks is so great. Um, so is Meryl Streep. They're both amazing in the movie. But honestly, there's not a bad performance in the film. Bob Odenkirk's got some really great moments. Uh, there is moments of levity, but it is heavily tense. Um, and as a journalist, um, or I mean, technically I'm a journalist in, in practice, but I teach journalism. I went to school to be a journalist. Um, the, the world of journalism that I wanted to be a part of doesn't exist anymore. So when I graduated college, it hasn't existed in a long time. Um, I, I decided not to go into the field after, you know, many years of dedication to the, uh, the craft or whatnot. But, um, this movie is that time period that I was always thinking about where reporters were breaking the story and changing history. And, um, it's just, it's well-constructed, very, very well-made. My review is up on burkreviews.com for that. Um, I did not review safe, the other, um, three movies I listed. I did review Columbus and Darkest Hour, but I did not review Safety Not Guaranteed or Marjorie Prime um, as of now. I don't think I'm going to. I might. Um, but if I don't have something, like, especially Marjorie Prime, I didn't have anything in particular I felt like I could say. Um, it's an interesting movie. I very much like it, but I don't know... I don't even know how to begin talking about it. So, um, for the moment, I'm just going to pass on it. But that is what we've been watching this week. Um, we're going to take a look at what's coming out on home video and there's some really good stuff. Um, as far as, uh, there's two movies that I've seen out of four. Um, we'll start with the one that I know both of us have seen and that's Blade Runner 2049. Um, you there? Mm-hmm. Okay. It got real quiet. I wasn't sure. Um, I am super excited to own this movie. It's one of my it's favorites from last year. Um, has a 81 Metacritic score. Um, a young Blade Runner's discovery of a long-buried secret leads him to track down former Blade Runner Rick, De- uh, Rick Deckard, who's been missing for 30 years. Stars Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling, Anna de Ar- Armas, um, Dave Bautista, Robin Wright. <laughs> and I think that's the, the main characters. I feel like one's missing here. Where's Angel or whatever her name was? That love, that's what it is. Sylvia Hoax um, definitely needs to be referenced. I, uh, d- directed by Denis Villeneuve, um, who I am a huge fan of, even though I'm sure I've just mispronounced his name again. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I don't think it's a movie for everybody, but if you're interested in sci-fi, if you're interested in um, stunning visuals with great performances, it's an awesome movie. Anything? I loved it too. Okay. I'm trying to be more responsible with my money, but I really just want to buy it. I'm in the same boat, so I want to buy it. I didn't say I was d- going to buy it on Tuesday, but I will be. <laughs> I will own it um, at some point. There's we'll no wait question. Wait till Black Friday. It's it'll go by so fast because I don't know about you, but I'm getting old. Well, and the first Blade Runner taught us anything. Months. 
we have to wait till the final cut and the director's cut comes out. <laughs> Holy heck, you're right. Um, but do you think he's going to do that? I don't know. It's a different director. I don't know how many uh, cuts he might have. If he, um, I'm wondering how many deleted scenes are going to be on it. That we got to remember. Oh. In the old days, there were no deleted scenes on a VHS cassette, so uh, it wasn't until DVDs came out that that was even an option. Um, so those extra cuts mattered. Um, but yeah, I. I am definitely going to own that movie because I loved it. Um, and it, I might buy it faster just because that's one I wouldn't mind teaching this year because um, I know a lot of my students didn't see it. And um, it's one that I don't think there was nudity in the – oh, there is the one awkward uh, scene. So I with, don't know. With the yeah. – uh, yeah, the virtual – Projection girl. Yeah, so I might have to rethink that. But um, yep. Yeah. Let's jump to the other one that I have seen, which is Happy Death Day. It's coming out on video on Tuesday. Um, I don't think I'm going to buy this, but I definitely really was surprised by it. I didn't expect to like it, and I ended up enjoying it more than the critics tended to. Uh, it has a 57 Metascore. Um, I thought it was a very good use of the Groundhog Day formula. Um, this is the movie where a college student must relive uh, the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. It's Jessica Roth, who is amazing in this movie. Um, Israel something or other. I can't. Uh, Brizard, Ruby Modine. Charlie Aitken. Um, Laura Clifton. Uh, Rob Mello. Rachel Matthews. I don't know most of these people, but I'm just naming names. Um, I thought there was somebody else that was recognizable. Not seeing it. But I uh, I was not familiar with Jessica when I went into the movie, although then I realized I had seen her in something else. Um, I was really impressed with her performance and thought the movie was fun. Oh, that's right. She was in La La Land, but only for like a second. She's one of uh, Emma Stone's roommates at the beginning of the movie. Um, mm. But I was really pleased with this film, and it was fun. Uh, thought Not thought-provoking, but definitely made you think a little there's a couple of things when you thought you knew it was happening that throw you some curveballs um and you didn't get to see that one right i did not well i i recommend checking it out i, I don't again i'm not saying buy but i definitely think it's worth yeah. uh, hitting up Redbox or um renting on amazon or that itunes or whatever. damn song in the trailer just got it's me it's not so in the movie though i don't think <laughs> what yeah, I don't think it's in the movie at all. Um, I, I might be wrong, but it's definitely not her ringtone. Uh, her ringtone is something completely different. So that was a, a, trediting, a trailer. I said trediting. A, a trailer editing technique to uh, lure you in, but yeah, not in the movie. All right. Mm, okay, fine. Now there's two more, though, Corey. Uh, one that I definitely want to rent and one that I I don't know why I still want to watch this movie despite the negative, negative, oh. negative reviews. But The Snowman... I want to hear about that one first. Oh, I do! That's the one I'm talking about. The Snowman with a 23 on Metacritic and a 5.2 user score. Um, stars what is he doing? I don't know, but it stars Michael Fassbender, Rebecca Ferguson, who's in all sorts of stuff lately, Charlotte Gainsborough, Jonas Carlson, um, J.K. Simmons, Val Kilmer, uh, Toby Jones, who's in a bunch of stuff that I've seen, Genevieve O'Reilly. Um, I... One, oh, and Chloe Sevigny is in it too. Um, directed by Tom Tomas Alfredson. I thought it looked interesting, but man, the reviews have just been negative, 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 negative. And plus, the fact that this is in the even in the plot summary, Detective Harry Hole 
investigates the disappearance of a woman whose scarf is found wrapped around an ominous-looking snowman. Even the plot summary is awful. And what the crap is with that name? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 been so reviled, but I still I think I might wait for it to come on like HBO or something because um, it doesn't seem like it would take that long. But if it's at Redbox and I'm bored, I might give it a give it. You a get a dollar twenty-five off coupon. You just. Go for it. Now, this next movie, I don't know if you'll have heard of or not, and it's oh. one that I think you would be really into, because if I'm not mistaken, you're a fan of the artist. Um, so, have you heard of Loving Vincent? Yes, and it only played mm-hmm. at the flicks, and anyone that's ever heard me talk about that place knows that it's not my favorite place to view movies. And it was at our Polk Theater, and I just didn't make it to uh, to check it out. But So, do you know anything about this film? Like, as far as, like, I do. So, if you're new, if you're listening and you don't know, this is, um, in a story depicted in oil-painted animation, a young man comes to the last hometown of painter Vincent Van Gogh to deliver the troubled artist's final letter and ends up investigating his final days there. But the... Um, animation style is Vincent Van Gogh's look, and it's it's done like in a rotoscope way, where they actually filmed the movie and then they painted over it. So it is like um, if you're not familiar with rotoscoping, that's the process of painting over a frame. Uh, it was how they did the original lightsabers, and um, Richard Linklater's film Scanner Darkly is done that way, but not in oil paint. So that's what's really interesting. It's a movie um, where a guy is exploring Vincent Van Gogh's life, but it's also meant to look like Vincent Van Gogh's artwork. So it's it's got a lot of praise. It has a 62 on Metacritic, um, 7.9 user score, and was nominated for a Golden Globe. And I think there's a good chance this is going to get nominated for an Oscar. So, um, Oh, I do want to see that. So that's our home video releases. I have already seen two of the four. I am most gonna, likely going to rent Loving Vincent first, but I am probably going to end up renting The Snowman. And I feel like I'll at some point check out all three, but probably loving Vincent first. Yeah. And I, um, I, I do think you might enjoy happy death day, but I could also see it being one of those movies that works for me and not for you. So, uh, <laughs> cause we never know. We never know. Um, <laughs> Well, let's look ahead. What's coming out to the theaters on January 19th? Um, There is some stuff expanding, but I couldn't get a a confirmed list, so we won't be talking about that. But there's a good chance Phantom Thread is going to be coming near you. Um, Call Me By Your Name is expanding. We're actually getting that movie, and I can't believe it. Um, Very excited that that's actually going to come to our theater. I was excited we got the post. Um, I am hoping uh, I, Tanya, is going to expand, but there's no sign of that yet. But keep your eyes open. Um... It's coming around. I, I am kind of stressed because I, uh, I Tanya is playing at Disney Springs, and I'm supposed <laughs> to take my my wife to Disney Springs tomorrow night for our anniversary, and because she wants to eat at this burger place that's there, and I don't know what's so great about it that she wants to go there for that. But Those burgers. Yeah, but there's other burger places. But so I'm like, okay, this is my opportunity to see Itania because I wouldn't drive there just to see it because I don't like going. Mm-hmm. It's not because I I would drive an hour to see that movie. I don't like going to that specific place because it's always crowded. It's hard to find parking. Um, That's so interesting from where it was. Yeah, but um, I, I'm like, well, if we're going to be there, great. So I told her, I'm, hey, hey, I really want to see this movie. And she apparently hates Tanya Harding. A lot of people do. My wife was like, I don't care about that B word. And I don't um, 
I don't want to feel I don't need <laughs> to feel sorry that. for her or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, well, first of all, you're assuming that the movie wants you to feel sorry for her, which we don't know because we haven't seen the movie. And I'm like, and it's getting tons of praise. It's many people are putting it in their top five. Some have had Did it you? in their top three. I was reading like a quick little blurb on it, and I don't know if it was hair and makeup or the director. Uh, they said that Margot Robbie is so attractive that they had a really hard time oh, really? <laughs> making her look unattractive. Those are not the, that's not a direct quote. But. Well, I've heard Allison Janney is amazing in this movie. Oh. Um, and that I believe she won the Golden Globe for Supporting Actress for this movie. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And then um, I heard Sebastian Stan, who you most likely know as um, Bucky Barnes or the Winter Soldier in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but he was also in the film The Bronze. He had a very small part in uh, Logan Lucky earlier this year, but I heard he's almost unrecognizable in this movie, but supposed to be amazing. Um, but that's that again, I don't know how many theaters that's going to move into. It Just keep your eye out for those. Those are all Oscar contenders. Um the ones that I do know that are coming out brand new, the new for 2018, um, we'll talk about right now. Uh, the first one is um, directed by Nikolai Fugslig, Fugelsig. I have no idea how to say this name. That is a new one. It's F-U-G-L-S-I-G. Fugelsig is the only thing I can even think of. Um, now, 12 Strong tells the story of a first of the first Special oh. Forces team deployed to Afghanistan after 9-11. Um, under the leadership of a new captain, well, that's way too long of a plot summary, a new captain the team must work with an Afghan warlord to take down the Taliban. Um, well, I, I am not always a fan of these type of movies. The cast is good, and so I want to give it a go. Um, it stars Chris Hemsworth. Uh, our boy Michael Shannon, William Fitcher, uh, who I do Salt. like and stuff, um, Taylor Sheridan. That's the that's not the good one. That's a bad thing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he is the yeah. He, no, no. What? He's acting in this movie? I'm sorry. Taylor Sh Sheridan is the writer for Wind River, uh, Hell or High Water, Sicario, and apparently he's what? acting in this film. Um, so that just kind of that's interesting. Um, I don't see. Um He's like the fourth one, fifth one down. Um, and now there's some more, though, because uh, Michael Pena, who I am a big fan of, um, he's generally very funny. Rob Riggle, who looks like he's playing a serious role, and that's surprising because he's usually a comedic character. Um, and there's some other people. I don't recognize anyone else worth mentioning off the top here. Um, but it does look, you know, like it could be overly, you know, patriotic and that's how they're going to make it work just because of what it is. I cannot believe Taylor Sheridan's in this cast. Um, but I like Michael Shannon and Chris Hemsworth enough to give it a go. Um, it, you know, there is that weird, like, I guess they're on horses and so there's that whole element. There's only 12 of them fighting the whole Taliban. So a lot of it feels like melodramatic and set up to, yeah, it's going to like manipulate and pull those emotions and not every military movie does that some really really work and they do great and then others are nothing more than um you know go get them propaganda. terrorists yeah and propaganda exactly exactly and <clears throat> i hope this isn't that um i don't know but i am i am interested enough especially because michael shannon is in it he tends to make like, good choices oh because he's amazing i feel like it could be a small enough story too yeah it could be and and Honestly, Hemsworth, his, his stock keeps rising for me. Um, like, I don't remember when I completely became aware of him. Um, I, it might have been Thor, um, but I really love him in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I don't, he's not my favorite part of Cabin in the Woods, but I like that he's in that movie. 
Um, I really like him a lot in this last Thor film. Um, I, I, he was my favorite part of the new Ghostbusters. So even though this movie's not a comedy, so that that makes me a little more apprehensive because I think he's a really good comedic actor and he should stick to it. But um, next up, though, this movie looks ridiculous, and it's way too long. It's two hours and twenty minutes. Um, directed by Christian Goods Guest, Good Goody Guest, Goody Guest. It's also written by. Um, it stars some good actors, but also good as maybe being a little too kind. Um, Gerard Butler, who is often not so great. Um, Jordan Bridges, Pablo Schreiber. I wonder if he's related to Liv. Um, Evan Jones. Evan Jones, I think, was in uh, Eight Mile as um, Cheddar Bob. But no, but 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 O'Shea Jackson Jr. is in this movie, and I love O'Shea Jackson Jr. That is Ice Cube's son, uh, debuted with uh, playing Ice Cube in um, Straight Outta Compton, but was in Ingrid Goes West earlier this year, and by far my favorite part of Ingrid Goes West. I loved his character so much. So that makes me want to see this more than anything. But this next one really cancels it out a lot because Fifty Cent is in this movie, and it's not a small part. It looks like a pretty major character. Um, this is. Very similar to, I believe it was last year's Triple Nine. It's like that kind of gritty cop type movie. It's a gritty crime saga which follows the lives of an elite unit of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and the state's most successful bank robbery crew. As it's just when you start hearing all those words, you're like, this is this is an over overly thought out attempt of a cop movie. But as the outlaws plan a seemingly impossible heist on the Federal Reserve Bank, it, it's probably going to be awful. Um, go big or go home. And it's so long that that if this were like an hour 40, I'd be like, OK, I'll give it a go. Two hours and 20 minutes for this is like, oh, they're going to be overinflated with something. It's either going to be way too much character stuff that isn't going to really work or it's going to be over the top, stupid, like heist sequences that don't, you know, and I like I like a good heist movie. Uh, we've done we've done top five heist movies already. But yeah, I'm very skeptical and the trailers don't look great. And honestly, they're not showing them that much either, which is not a good sign. All right, this I'll last one. Did you say the name of that one? Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. I had to go Google. Yeah, not not a great uh, name. Um, I, I thought I did, but I may not have. Um, the last movie, my wife wants to see really bad, um, which makes me sad because I don't want to see it at all. But it's a. Uh, oh. It's written and directed by Bethany Ashton Wolf, but I thought I read this was a Nicholas Sparks book, but I guess not. Um, it's called Forever My Girl. Uh, it is not a full wide release, but it is a wider release than some. After being gone for a decade, a country star returns home to the love he left behind. It stars Alex Rowe, Jessica Roth. Now, I just realized that's the same girl from Happy Death Day. <laughs> Now I feel like I need to take it back because I do like her. So I kind of am like, oh, maybe it'll be all right. Um, I don't know anybody else, I don't think. Um, at least not scrolling down. Even the poster for this movie looks cheesy as heck. Yeah, and my wife is all over this movie. Um, I feel like she doesn't ask you to go to a lot of movies. So Yeah, I'm going to end up having to see this if, if it actually comes to our theater. And that's all I'm hoping for right now is that it won't come to our theater. Oh, no. Um, which is very possible that it won't because it is uh, – it's it Polk is a County. release. Um, that's true, but it's not, all about that country. It's not getting a lot of push. Um, but yeah, that's coming out too. So those are our three releases. Um, I am most 
excited is maybe not the right word. I'm really excited about the expansions. I'm definitely going to see Call Me By Your Name this coming weekend. Um, a Phantom Thread. I don't know if Phantom Thread is actually going to expand a lot yet. It might be it's another It's at my theater. Week. Oh, is it? You were very Yeah, it lucky. started this Thursday. But we went to see Darkest Hour instead. Well, that one's probably going to be out before Phantom Thread will, so that makes sense. But, um, And, of course, we are uh, later in this year, Corey and I are going to be um, talking about Paul Thomas Anderson films as we will do a whole month of PTA um, because most we've missed a lot of his movies, or at least I have. Um, and hopefully, we don't know yet, we're, we're working on some potential festival stuff, so hopefully we'll know something soon if that's going to happen or not. But if it does... I feel like I'm uh, going to throw up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but that said, I think it's time we get into L.A. Confidential, um, which is our movie of the week. Um, is this, what number is this? 54? 54. Yep. It's our 54th episode, second of 2018. Feels so accomplished. It's a lot of, it's a lot of episodes. And it's cool because we – I didn't mean to make it this way, but we will always have uh, 52 episodes a year as long as we always do once a week. But, I mean – like, it will literally always be a year. You know what I mean? Like, 2017, 2018. Like, it's going to work out that way or so. Um, at least that's how it seems to be working. But um, L.A. Confidential is directed by Curtis Hansen, who, I, you know, I really haven't looked at who uh, who had done this. I know. Thing. I need to look him up. Uh, director of Hand That Rocks the Cradle in Her Shoes, according to IMDb. Those are his most uh, known for. Um, he did Chasing Mavericks a few years back, um, Eight Mile, which I am a big fan of, and I think that's a severely underrated film. Okay, I need everyone to just wait a second <laughs> right now, because the reason I was laughing earlier when you were talking about Eminem or Eight Mile, <laughs> whatever you mentioned, <laughs> is I a friend tagged me in like a clip of <laughs> some woman. They had, she like did vinyl on Jeopardy for 800 or something, or someone did. And then she thought that Jack White was Eminem. A picture of Jack White popped up on the screen. Oh. And she thought it was Eminem. That's, that's rough. Um, <laughs> LA Confidential stars, unfortunately, and we will talk about this in a little detail here, but oh. um, Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe. Uh, unfortunately, it's Kevin Spacey, um, Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce, James Cromwell, Kim Basinger, Danny DeVito, um, David Strathair. I can never say his name. Strathair, Strathairn, Strathairn. Um, and I think those are the big names that we need to mention. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to mention any of these other people. Uh, well, Graham Beckel has a major role early, um, so I, I guess that's it. Everyone else seems to be kind of more minor characters, but. Um, this movie came out in 1997. Um, as corruption grows in the 1950s um, L.A., three policemen, one straight-laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. Interestingly enough, the sleazy one is the appropriately sleazy one. Um, 90 Metacritic score, 8.3 IMDb user rating. Um, and this is the – if you've never listened to Movie Club, if you're new, if you're just joining us for this year um, – at this point, we talk non-spoiler. We will give you a spoiler warning before we get into the film because we will talk about it as we want to. But here we just kind of give our general thoughts of what we thought. Um, that's obvious. That was redundant. I apologize. But um, 
I was a little worried when it started. I, I was not instantly sucked in. Um, and then by the end, I loved the movie. What were your impressions, Corey? I was like, oh, heck yeah, Danny DeVito. So, <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Is that all it takes? Um, the movie I, just has to have Danny DeVito and you're in? <laughs> well, I haven't seen – I feel like it's been so long since I've seen Danny DeVito in anything. I don't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I tried. I only tried for like one or two episodes, but it didn't work. Um, and I feel like this was around, you know, when – I felt like this was like part of his prime um, and I was just really excited to see him in this and to see what kind of role he was going to play. Um, so I was just, I don't know. That's what caught my interest. I was like, heck yes. You know what I mean? I know that sounds so dumb, but no. whatever. No, no, not at um, all. Um, although I have to say I have a lot of times counter feelings because when I think of Danny DeVito, I am instantly brought back to Tim Burton's Batman Returns and that character of the Penguin grosses me out on such oh, a yeah. visceral level and it, but you gotta keep in mind I don't like it I don't like that movie I don't like that version of the penguin it is by far my least iteration of the penguin in any encounter like whether we're talking the Arkham games the animated series the current show Gotham I hate Tim Burton's penguin so much and every time I see Danny DeVito, all I can do is picture that. And his Always Sunny in Philadelphia guy is really gross. And if you've ever seen, this is a really obscure reference, but there's a movie called Screwed with Dave Chappelle and Norm MacDonald as the lead characters. And Danny DeVito plays like a mortician or something. And he's creepy and gross in that. And so anytime I see him, it's very hard to not see sleazy, gross, nasty, disgusting. You know what I think of? <laughs> I think of Matilda. I've, I think of Throw Mama from the Train. Like <laughs> I've never seen Matilda. What? Yeah, no. And I don't believe I've ever seen Throw Mama from the Train, although it doesn't isn't he sleazy in that? Oh, probably. Okay. You know what I remember though from that movie? Is I think it's Billy Crystal's parent uh character. His mom, they hate their mother. She's Yeah. Horrible. And she has. She needs her ears cleaned out or something, oh. and he rams a pair of scissors in her ear. And what? I have remembered that since I was a very small yeah, child. That's, that's horrifying. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, yeah. I think that she's okay and she's actually happy after he does it. It fixes whatever the issue is. But oh. that's what I remember. Wow, that's but crazy. Okay. I loved Matilda. Um. Well. But so and he is sleazy in that too. I don't want to like. We're not just talking Danny DeVito here, though. So what were your thoughts on the actual movie that we watched? Okay, um, I felt like there was a lot going on. Yes. A lot. And even, like, trying to think of it, you know, since I've watched it, because I think I watched it on Monday or Tuesday, like, keeping some of the, like, keeping the characters' names straight, that's not going to happen in this episode, unless I'm, like, going back to the IMDb, you know, thing the whole time. And I just felt like there were a lot of characters that I was forgetting who they were. You know what I mean? It was just, like... Blah, characters N not that it's bad i just felt like there was a lot going on but this movie is two hours and 18 minutes and i didn't feel like it felt that long no i agree with that um initially i don't i, I think it might have just been my mood when i started it i wasn't 100 percent into it and mm -hmm. it wasn't the movie's fault it was definitely me like i was distracted and i was thinking about other stuff and um i don't know at some point something happened i'm trying to remember exactly when i got like really pulled in um, because I mean, stuff happens right away. Like it's not a slow movie by any means, but I just wasn't like pulled in right away. Um, 
I was so sh- it was really hard to like recognize Russell Crowe initially because he's so young and it was a like a baby. Yeah, um, I was like, oh I wait, know. that's at first I was like, is that Guy Pierce? And because I've only seen Guy Pierce in Memento and um, what Iron Man two? No, Iron Man three. He's the villain, and um, I mean, I think one other movie or something that like, and he's popped up in some other stuff, but. Uh, when I saw Guy Pierce for real, it was a hundred percent clear who I was looking at. But like initially, I was when Russell Crowe, uh, he's watching the domestic violence thing from the car, and then how he handles oh. it. I was like, "Is that Guy Pierce?" And uh, quickly realized that no, it wasn't. That it was baby Russell Crowe because he is so young in this film. Yes. Um, but I didn't have the issue with the main characters, like those three guys. It was very easy to remember their names for me. Um. Kim Basinger's character, I didn't remember her name necessarily, although I don't think that matters quite as much. Um, she's the only real female. There's other women well, that show up, but... Um, profession. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I didn't know Danny DeVito's character's name, um, but I definitely knew the uh, police commissioner, or whatever, not that he's not, the head detective, or whatever his name is. Um, Smith is his last name. Dudley Smith. Um, I, I knew who he was. He had a very distinctive style. And uh, Patchett, I knew. Everybody else I could see totally, like, forgetting um, names or whatnot because there was a lot of cops that were somewhere in some scenes and somewhere in others. Um, And later on in the film, somebody's found, and I'm like, who is that guy again? Somebody's found. Why is this significant? We'll have to talk on that because I'm not sure if I'm who that is. But I... um, did you did you like it? Because you've in the past the couple of noir films that we've watched. Because this is technically a neo noir um, style film. You know, it's got the cynical approach. It's even set in the same time period that a lot of the noir films were made. Um, you know, and it has that kind of cynical everything, the fatalistic mindset. But it doesn't end on a bad note, man. Yeah. Not not really, because we can talk about it. Afterwards, I was really nervous when you told me that it was neo-noir. I was like, oh, hell. Um, Because I just can't deal with that. (laughs) I just can't. Um, I don't have the emotional capacity, but I did enjoy it. So let's get into spoiler warning. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So, guys, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. Uh, If you want to go check it out first and then come back and give us a listen. Okay. Otherwise, full steam ahead. Be prepared for spoilers. All right. So I guess let's just jump right to the ending first and we'll work backwards. Um, I I still oh. think it's negative. Um, not as negative as like Chinatown or um, I don't remember what was the other one we watched that was real negative. Oh, uh, Brick. Brick you didn't like, um, which I think is insane. I love Brick. Um, but uh, be, because the system's not fixed, right? Like we have Guy Pierce's character at the beginning of the movie is incorruptible. He wants to follow every rule and be part of this uh, higher than everybody else. He soon kind of falls into the trap that he didn't mean to, but like circumstances where he he's killed three men um, in defense, like he was in the right, but they weren't guilty of the crime he was hunting them down for but by coincidence they were guilty of another crime um they and he did that under he did that under false pretenses yes so i don't think that he no it was he he 
the actions to that point were still him acting in himself. It's taking credit and letting a case that he had suspicion. And that's the rest of the movie. He's trying to redeem himself because he knows he fell into like the success, like the, the fame and notoriety he got for like getting those kills and whatnot, um, like catapulted his career. And he was the rest of the film was trying to like fix that mistake. He knew something was wrong and he, and he's trying to redeem himself. So that's positive. But at the end of the movie, he still has to make a compromise. You know, he, one, he shoots the detect, he shoots the villain in the I, back. Which, I want to talk. Go ahead. I want to talk about that. Which part? We're going to in the back or. Yes. Okay. I will because, say mm-hmm. I knew almost immediately that Dudley Smith was the new crime Lord. Like I, beginning of the film, I, I called that without any hesitation. The way that he – okay, so early in the film, Captain Smith states a detective should be willing to shoot a guilty man in the back for the greater good. Mm-hmm. I love at the end um, Smith is telling Exley to play it up for the arriving officers and he'll be a hero. Um, and as they're both walking towards the approaching cars, Exley follows through on that advice and shoots Smith in the back. Yes. Boom. Yep. And, and yet, <laughs> while it's – he, I think it was the right call. Because I do think it was the greater good because Smith was doing all sorts of heinous stuff and he would have got oh away gosh. with it. But he was just knocking people off like it was nobody's business. But let's not forget that still <clears throat> changed the character of Exley, right? He, like, he is now – and that's Guy Pierce's character for those of you who are listening and hadn't seen the movie. He compromises his beliefs and his, his morals, which is a major element of, of noir films is the, the hard-boiled detective – changes what they've always believed in they they succumb to the 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 other lifestyle and here he is making a very hard choice you know i mean if we're talking batman as a comparison batman would not have pulled the trigger batman would have beat him up for sure handcuffed him and handed him in and that would have been it and now the guy would get out get out probably start a new crime organization we know what happens in the batman books so i'm not saying it was wrong but it is the noir negative cynical vibe that there was no way to beat this corrupt system except for you know going to their level dropping down to that world and becoming what you were fighting against and that's a tragedy in that way because you you want the the pure hero to be the pure hero and he can't be um and he acknowledges that at the end that like the deal he makes with the DA to become the new captain um, and you know, not go to jail, and also let Smith be a hero, right? That like he, that was part of the deal. Is like we won't say what all happened. We'll just kind of brush it under the rug, and he'll be a hero. That way, the the LAPD isn't tarnished to the public. That's all super cynical and negative. So yes, there is a happy ending, which I'll let you have. What what happens? That's happy at the end, Corey. <laughs> um. God, um, well, our girl Kim Basinger, who plays a, uh, is it Basinger? Basinger. I uh, I think it's Basinger, but I'm not a hundred percent. Okay, um, Lynn Carts are well, not Carts, but she and you know Bud White are gonna go be together in Arizona. They're getting away from Hollywood. And the happy part, LA, LA. the happiest part of that is that White's alive. I was so yes, shocked that he wasn't we dead. We didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. That was because, a really cool um, reveal. Um, so I felt like, it, I felt like it still kind of ended on a positive note. I feel like it's 
are and I so I don't remember a lot from philosophy philosophy class but or ethics um but learning about utilitarianism mm. the greatest good for the greatest number and I felt like that was like boom 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 all through the movie yes and like I feel like it's hard with so many people that have so much power and it's so easy for them to do whatever they want it doesn't necessarily have to be but I feel like hello politicians um I just feel like even though he's not, he is kind of uh, uh, compromising what he stands for. He's still, I feel like could be uh, still keep it from being so bad Mm. given a position of power. He might be. And and I think his intentions are pure. So yes, Mm -hmm. there is hope, but it's still like, there's a lot of things that are not revealed to the public, which anytime, People in authority are keeping information from the public. I get real nervous and skeptical. Like I don't. Like I don't know that. Sometimes idea. I know. I feel like it's going to be mass. I know. Hysteria. And that's, that's the argument that is made. But what if it's you know? I mean, on the I other feel like hand, it depends on what it is. Yeah, but see, when you who's making those decisions? On that's true. And that's the concern. And that's one of the things that I love about like the posts, um, and and what it's talking about in that movie. But um. I, I mean, I do think it ends more positive than most noir films that I've seen, which I have not seen many. There's many, many classic noir films that I still have not got to, but the ones that I've seen, definitely this ends on a much more positive note as um, the main character is, I would say Exley is the main, main character. Um, he's alive, and he's only slightly injured, and he's he's not going to jail. He's, he's living a lie to a degree, but... I believe his intentions are pure. I think he wants to now he's gotten rid of the cancer and now it's time to heal the LAPD and he compromises some in order to do that. Now the question is, will he, has he too compromised? Has he gone too far that he can't stop? Yeah, exactly. But we don't know it. And it it seems to be a positive that it's in the right direction. Um, I love that White's alive. That's surprising, (laughs) especially because he got shot in the face. And I was I was really upset because at that point, White had earned my like I didn't think I was going to like White. I thought White was a bad guy at the beginning of the movie. Oh, well. Go ahead. And then he like slaps her in the face, which. okay, you're right. But that is his breaking point. And you see (sighs) in him like, I mean, okay. Oh, yeah. He's not proud. He's a corrupt cop at first, but he has. But every character, every of the three major cops are. Um, we haven't talked about Kevin Spacey at all, but I know once we bring him up, we have to then get into real life stuff. So I'm kind of holding it off for a minute. But um, Exley it starts off pure, cr- falls down, and picks himself back up and fights. Um, and he actually he loses a little bit of his ego. He's very like ego egotistical and thinks he's oh, better than everybody. He's- Oh, at the beginning, he's yeah. ready to throw everyone under the bus. He testifies against, um, is it Bud Bud White's car- uh, partner. partner? Yep, yep. Um, well, to be fair, they did do some oh, yeah. crap, but yeah. Oh, they did, but he just like, I feel like sometimes if you're going to go in and try to do the just thing, you can't necessarily shout it from the rooftops or you're going to get murdered. Um, yeah, the fact that he didn't get murdered was impressive. Um, uh, yes. But, uh, and then, you know, you get... Um, Kevin Spacey's character is Jack Vin, uh, Vince, Vincennes? Vincennes. Vincennes. And um, I, I knew it before. Now looking at it, I couldn't say it. But um, he is sleazy. But even like they all, all three 
seem like good guys underneath and that is the hardest part because Kevin Spacey um, there's been tons of allegations about his sexual misconduct with younger men um, and his when when the accusations came out he, instead of apologizing or admitting the wrongdoing <laughs> he just said hey I'm gay as if that was, that was just coming out yeah like um, so awful he was replaced in um, all the money in the world uh, with Christopher uh, Plummer. Plummer and it sucks because I thought he was so good in this movie. It sucks. That, he's such a great actor. Yeah, and he's so tarnished now, and it sucks because the scene where he dies and the Holy shot. Holy shit. Right, and it lingers on his face, and the life he goes lifeless. Like, I don't know if that was a dummy at one point, but I, I don't see it because they don't cut away from it. You just watch him <laughs> die, and you see it in his freaking eyes. Like, you, you, I've never watched somebody die that way. Like, I, I really thought I watched somebody die just then. Like, it was so crazy to me. I know. It's like I was afraid that it was going to be, like, over the top and, you know, but it would just I, – I agree. It's yeah, I I could I, I hate that I thought he was so great in this movie because I don't want to give him any praise. Obviously, we've known for a long time, long before the accusations came out, that he was a great actor. He's just an awful human being, and that is always a debate. Um, can you put the art above the artist? I don't know. I it didn't stop my enjoyment of the movie, but every time I saw him, I was reminding myself that he's an awful How, human being. Uh, uh, and I feel like though. He's oh, and I want to tell you this because I did a little bit of reading, and then I went and did a little more reading. So this LA Confidential is based off of a book. It's the third book in a series mm. by the author. I can't remember who, James but Elroy. it's based. Sorry, I. It's based off of a real magazine that was published out of New York and Calif- uh, California. Oh, and they like really did like set up stuff and it's just so sleazy um because i don't know like oh yeah we haven't even talked about danny devito's character no they're like setting up celebrities and going so jack is what's his name jack vincent's yeah he is going into people's homes with does he even have an arrest warrant he's arresting people while they're doing things in the privacy of their home and taking then uh, Danny DeVito's character is taking photos of them and then publishing it and and paying uh, Vincennes to do that. Um, yeah, so it's a whole like little rig, uh, rigged setup thing. Um, and th- of course, we find out that the corruption is deeper than we thought because he's involved with um, the two big bads, which is uh, Smith and um, what's his name, Planchet, Patchet, Pratchett. Pratt. There's no R. Oh. It's just Patchet. It, it. I, it sounded like they said with the R in the movie, but in the in IMDb it just says Patchett. But um, Patchett is running like a prostitution ring with girls that look like. Um, Ew. Yeah, he gets them either plastic surgery or just like Kim Basinger's character just dyes her hair to look like celebrities, so that men will pay to like be with these knockoffs essentially. Um, and oh god, they do like porno stuff apparently too, and they blackmail, uh, which is a big part of again the sleazy magazine. So when you find out all of that out, um, and I love the little things that pay off because like when they're uh, torturing Danny DeVito, and Bud White like uh-huh. almost kills him and like rips the chair out of the ground because the chair is like screwed into the ground, that pays off later because he hides in that hole that he made when he ripped the chair out of the ground. Oh shoot! 
yeah, when they when they go back to the Victory Hotel and they know it's a setup. I mean, there are so many great lines late in the movie. One of them that I loved when Guy Pierce is now teaming up with Bud White, even though Bud White like beat the shit out of him um, earlier in the film. Uh, he says, um, "Are you going to tear this thing down or something like that?" And he's like, "With a wrecking ball." Oh, he's he says, "Are you going to knock knock down all of your uh, success?" Because you know, like if you continue going after this case, the um, what's the, the night owl case? You're going to tear down everything you build. And he's like, "With a wrecking ball, you want to help me swing it?" And I just love that line read. I was like, "Oh, that's so great." Um, it, it, there's there's so much like that in this movie. <sighs> Russell Crowe, because uh, he doubts himself, right? Like he's the he's the muscle. He doesn't think he has the brains, and and Kim Basinger's character pushes him forward. It's like you're smarter than you think, and like he is. He he like figures a lot of stuff out without anyone else's help, and I loved it. I there's I, I want to watch it again. I I'm so impressed with so much about this movie. It's I think that the humor too. There's one part where um they um sorry is it Ed. Exley and uh, Bud White are in the restaurant, and they mm-hmm. think that it's one of the prostitutes that looks like an uh, an actress. Oh yeah. And then doesn't he get? He, oh, she throws the drink it's, in his face because it's the actual actress. <laughs> yeah, it's the actual actress with one of these prostitutes or something. And then they're walking to the car, and Bud's like, <laughs> he's like, "Well, how would I know?" <laughs> like, it was so funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, they were good together. Yeah, and I like um, you know White's backstory because uh, we see throughout the film he does not take kindly to people hitting women, um, and we find out that the, the kind of tragic backstory that his dad um, beat him, beat his mother to death in front of him, um, <clears throat> and then vanished, and so he's always super protective. And we, I love that trait because I, I totally get that. Um, I mean, oh man, there's so many great things. Oh, and by the way. <laughs> Sorry, we're jumping all over the place, but I want to. Uh, Vincennes, when he's shot by uh, Smith, and he he's smart enough to say Rolo Tomasi, which was mm-hmm. um, what Exley says is uh, who killed his father. It's just a made up word for like this guy who got away, and that was such a smart, brilliant move on Vincennes' part. Um, but what were you about to say? Mm-hmm. Oh. Now I forgot. Okay, well, it's okay. but I I was so impressed with this movie. Um, one thing that it doesn't share with the traditional noir films is uh, Kim Basinger isn't the traditional femme fatale. She isn't up to no good. She now she does cause a lot of the problems because she is told by uh, Patchett to seduce Exley, which then um, uh, Danny DeVito's character takes pictures of and gives them well sets it up so that White sees them and that's why he then later beats up Exley because White has fallen in love with Kim Basinger's character and I thought she was going to end up being the mastermind at that point um, that she was actually manipulating all of the men which is a, a noir I, trope um, mm-hmm. but she wasn't she was actually in love she, with White and I think she was trying to she's like I was trying to help you out yeah after get, she, she gets slapped in the face um, oh Oh, and just talking about Russell Crowe in this movie, the part you were talking about earlier, when he gets out of the car and he's walking up to the house, just his body language in that, mm-hmm. holy shoot, yeah. I would be scared of him. Yeah. Um, and what I was talking about earlier, where there are all these like side characters and I was getting mixed up, when he goes to, uh, I'm forgetting her name, the girl that's killed at the Night Owl. 
I don't remember her name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. He goes to her mom's house, and then oh, I don't yeah. remember why he looks under. He goes under the house into like the cellar, and he finds the body. And I'm like, who the heck is that guy? Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember who he was. Oh, um, I did. Oh, see, I didn't. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, that and was then, <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie when um. Uh, Crow is at uh, so the very first thing we see is Crow pull the um, Santa Claus off the roof and then beat up the guy who was beating his wife and <laughs> call in the probation. They go to the liquor store and that's when we see Kim Basinger for the first time. Um, when Kim Basinger goes, uh, when he when Crow walks back out of the liquor store, there's a woman with a busted nose sitting in the car with Patchett, and there's a driver, and the driver is the dead body he finds at the at her um, mom's house. And I was um, kind of reading up. Wasn't he previously a cop, too, yes. or a detective? He was a cop. Not in our timeline, though, before we joined the film. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're told he's an ex-cop there um, because at the time, White's partner uh, says he doesn't know him. But we later find out that they were actually working together with Patchett, and he killed Buzz Meeks and put him under um, his girlfriend's house. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it was. It, I didn't. I didn't get confused by that. Um, but I could see how you could, because it was a huge gap. And of course, the body is unrecognizable because it has been picked over by rats and such. So. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's man. There's so many great scenes, and uh, I I really do feel like this is a movie that I wish I had seen a long time ago. Um, especially, I wish I saw it before the Kevin Spacey allegations came out, because rewatching it does feel a little dirtier than watching it for the first time well he lives up to his character in the movie to a degree but he is redeemed a little in the movie where Uh, that's not gonna happen i i don't foresee that happening i mean i don't know how you can come back from being like a a child molester essentially um because i believe some of the people he was trying to uh sleep with were underage so um, in my eyes, child molester. I don't know if that's the official legal definition of what he Woody did. Woody Harrels or Woody? What is his name? Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same issue is there too with the art versus the artist. Like, do you separate it or not? And um, there's something so incredibly creepy about him that I can't, and it bothers me that in so many of his movies, it's like the much older guy with the younger yeah, woman, and yeah. I just can't do it. That it is something just, that a lot of people point out um, when they when anybody tries to defend it. And what's shocking is that he still had a long career since that uh, accusation was leve- leveled. Um, where Kevin Spacey's career looks like it's over immediately, which times have changed, and I'm glad that we're making this change um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, again, a debatable thing. Can I watch Kevin Spacey's old stuff? And especially, I don't know what film, um, the the first guy who came out that it happened, I don't remember what film they'd worked on together, but like I can't imagine watching that film now, you know, um, because it's like you know that that's where this, this man's life was changed forever because Kevin Spacey made a pass at him in a way that I and I don't know all the I don't I'm my my brain's fuzzy on the details. I do know that it's some awful stuff that was levied at him. And then to be fair, there has been a lot of accusations over the last couple of months towards all sorts of different celebrities. Um and even uh James recently, Franco. Oh, is Franco had one now too? See, I'm not yeah. even hearing it now because he, um were that times up lapel pin to the Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. And someone came out. Some wow. allegations came out. Well, um, because 
TJ Miller uh, has, has oh. been accused too, although his wife and he are denying it um, and standing against it. I am so afraid that there was going to be that one person who is full of crap, like that levels yeah. accusations, and it's going to put doubt over all of the other accusations that are valid. And that is like the worst thing that can happen is so please if you're listening to this and you're like oh i could jump in don't don't ruin it for the people who were actually victims who have suffered and deserve justice don't be that person to wreck it because it only takes one for all to, to discredit and it shouldn't it shouldn't take one but that's what happens it's happened tons of times and it's why so many rape victims don't go to the police because they they get shamed what were you wearing? Like that's bullcrap. Where were you? Yeah. Oh, well, did you have any alcohol? Like that's not. That doesn't give people. That was. This is a, a dr- drastically different comparison. But a, a friend of mine recently had their house broken into, but they had left their sliding glass door unlocked, and the police came. And the police didn't say anything inappropriate, but the uh, the landlord said, "Well, you should lock your door." It's like. Okay, you're not uh, wrong, but because my door is not locked, does not give permission for someone to come into my house and take my stuff. But like, also, why were those people trying those doors? Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. It, it's the victim should not ever be blamed or shamed. Um, and, and again, and I, leaps and bounds different. I'm not in any way trying to equate somebody robbing your house with somebody who has been raped. But just the idea, like, it is not okay to blame the victim um, for someone else doing something wrong. And uh, it needs to be said because, again, Kevin Spacey, while does a terrific job here, does not make it – it does not excuse his uh, inappropriate or wrong or evil, if you want to go that far, actions. Um, but L.A. Confidential, for me, 100% must-see movie. Um, one I wish I watched years ago. At least I wish I watched it last year when I bought it because then I wouldn't have had to like keep that horrible thought of how – Kevin Spacey's oh. an awful human being. Um, and I would have been like, oh, no. Now it was like, oh, no, I have to still watch this movie that he was Bye. in. Yeah, but I, I really did love this. Corey, what, is, what are your thoughts? I um, I will give this must-see also. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I didn't realize. I mean, I know it was 97, but I didn't realize it was 21 years old. And yeah. I'm kind of surprised they haven't rescreened it. Well, it probably won't happen like for the 20th. now. Because yeah, now. Um, but it would have been last year. I do want to say too. I loved Guy Pearce in this movie. Like I was a fan from Memento, but man, he was so good in this movie. I really, really liked uh, his like portrayal of this '50s detective. Which Memento, he is playing a detective essentially. Um, I, and I've been meaning to rewatch that because I've only seen it once, and it was several years Never ago. Watched but, it really. Oh. I've seen bits and pieces. Have you not seen all of Nolan's films? Like I thought you were uh, a mm. Nolan junkie like myself. I tried to watch the following and couldn't get into it. Oh, that's crazy. Um, that movie's great. And um, I have Memento, and I've seen parts of it, um, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Wow. I think those might – those are the ones that I'm missing. Have you seen Insomnia with Al Pacino and Robin Williams? Aren't they um, the detectives? Williams is not a detective. Williams is a – Is it – I don't know if it's a with spoiler. Hillary Swank. Yes, but she's she's yeah. not in it much. But yeah, wow. Okay. I saw that a long time ago. Interesting. 
Um, yeah, I think my dad rented it or watched it or something, and I watched it with him. Memento is a key one. Um, <laughs> I I would be up for rewatching that. I don't know if we can fit it into our year, but I think that does it for L.A. Confidential. <laughs> um, we are going to be looking ahead uh, towards our next episode, um, which I don't – Corey, do you have up what we're going to be watching next? I'm about to if you don't. No. Um, I do now. Um, we are going to be watching – oh, great – uh, Corey has never seen last year's Best Picture winner, Moonlight. Um, so next week we will be watching Moonlight from 2016. Um, and guys, the best part is that it's streaming on Amazon Prime. It is, and it is a movie that I can see some people who are uh, homophobic or small-minded not being able to get into. But I was so amazed by this film, moved to tears multiple times, um, in particularly uh, Marshahala Ali is amazing in this movie. Uh, has a 99 Metascore. I didn't realize that. Um, directed by Barry Jenkins. Written by Barry Jenkins with story credit to Terrell Alvin McCraney. Barry Jenkins is a Florida State graduate, which is all the cooler um, because of the Florida connection there. And it is set in Miami, Florida, so also a cool element. Um, but I, I, I went and saw this. At, I had to go to the Winter Haven Cobb because our local mall did not get it. Um, and I was the only person in the Thursday night premiere for the film, and it made oh. me sad, um, which is – I can say that story many times. I was the only person when I saw Lady Bird at my local theater. Uh, well, my wife and daughter were with me, but we were the only people in that theater, and that was heartbreaking because I had been telling everybody I knew to go see that movie. But um, – I'm excited to rewatch Moonlight. I've been wanting to rewatch it since uh, I saw it last, and uh, I'm excited for you to uh, get to see it because it's pretty excellent. I was sad I missed it in the theater, so me too. So that's our next weekend. If you missed our theme, we are doing uh, for the month of January, uh, Certified Fresh is our theme, and that is movies that are in the top 100 um, movies of Rotten Tomatoes. I forget the exact title. That, that kind of sounded dumb there, but... Um, highest rated movies uh, that we've never seen, or at least one of us had never seen on the Rotten Tomato list. Um, we'll be doing a different theme each month. Uh, March might change depending on if we get into the festival that we're trying to get into. We'll see what happens. But keep listening to us if you can. Uh, Subscribe on uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts if you're listening to this on BurkeReviews.com. But you can subscribe to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anything else, Burke Reviews Podcast. Um, We'll be doing our top five. uh, We're going to be drafting this week on top five movies. We're going to be picking our best Move like Oscar nominations. We're doing an Oscar draft this year. We're gonna have two special guests. Big Tuna for the first time will be appearing on our podcast, and uh, first time on top five movies. Brendan. Well, I I I don't even know that kid. Big Tuna. (laughs) Brendan. Oh, Brendan. I'm sorry. I was confused when you said kid. Um, Brendan's been on two episodes of Burke Reviews Movie Club, and it'll be his first episode of Top Five. Yeah, he did The Handmaiden, and he did, um, I don't remember what the other movie was, but he did another movie with us. Um, But that was a way, it was like beginning of the year last year, I think, that he was on. Um, Or maybe it was just me and him one time. I don't remember. I think you were with I think it must have been, because I was only on Handmaiden. Well, I know he did another one, so maybe it was just him and I on one episode, but... um, because he left his hat the second time. Um, but uh, you can, uh, if you 
will rate and review us if you like the podcast. It helps us get new listeners. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to BurkeReviews.com and click on our Patreon link um, or click on support and it'll take you to our Patreon link. Uh, we have starting at $1 a month um, and going up and you get different access for what you uh, subscribe to. It just helps us defer the cost of uh, the web hosting, the, the podcast storage, and buying and seeing movies. It's not free to do that. Um, this is a part-time thing for us. We both have full-time jobs and uh, bills and families and things like that that we have to – she has bills and a bill. But um, – You give us money, we'll give you stuff. That's the goal, yeah. We're not asking you to just give us your money outright. You do get bonus uh, content and things like that for uh, helping us out. Um, you can read our reviews at BurkeReviews.com. Um, follow us on the social medias. I'm at BurkeReviews. Corey? At Corey R. Star with two R's on the end. And we will be back next week with our review of Moonlight and uh, some other looks at what's coming out. And Corey, thank you uh, for giving up your Friday evening, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye, guys. Peace. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.